Welcome to the Garden of Belonging, a podcast exploring the things that help us belong to ourselves and the things that get in our way. I'm your host, Kim K. Gray, a life coach for good girls and people pleasers, dedicated to helping them know, trust, and courageously share their voices. In this podcast, we will explore topics such as self-knowledge, self-trust, self-acceptance, and self-expression. The world needs our unique gifts. It's time we connect with our inner voice and show up fully as ourselves. Today, I hope you'll enjoy my conversation with Leslie Dawson. Leslie is a coach for moms of the next generation. She has three small children and quickly learned how easy it is to get lost in the demands of motherhood. Leslie helps mothers calm the chaos, mother guilt-free, and create the time to do the things that matter most. Leslie believes that moms are doing the most important work, raising the next generation, and it doesn't have to feel like the weight of the world is on their shoulders. When Leslie is not busy supporting moms, changing diapers, or playing dinosaurs, she's enjoying time to herself outdoors. Hi, Leslie. Thank you for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yay. So could you share a little bit about who you are and what you're passionate about? Ooh, well, um, I am a mom of three, almost three, I guess. Um, And then I would say that um, I'm passionate about a lot of things. Mm. Multi-passionate, classic millennial answer. (laughs) But um, I love lots and lots of things. Anything from reading uh, to snowboarding and outdoor activities. Um, and then I also really enjoy helping moms and supporting moms on their road to, to figuring out this crazy journey of motherhood. So <laughs> lots awesome. of things. Yes. Awesome. I love that. So this series is about self-trust. So what does self-trust mean to you and how has it affected your life? Hmm. Well, self-trust, I think, for me, whenever I think of it, it's, it's more than, like, to me, I think of it being more than simply, like, just being like, oh, I'm going to trust in my tuition. But it's, um, like, I, whenever I think of, like, self-trust, I feel like it's, like, a process mm-hmm. of, like, recognizing where I'm at. And then following the steps to get back and staying in alignment with like my core values and kind of trusting the process that things kind of unfold um, and kind of dropping questions. So I don't know if that's a very solid answer, but I feel like it's really fluid. I think like Mm -hmm. truth and trust and all of those things are really fluid. And so I don't have like a, a black and white Webster definition of it. Yeah. I like what you said about really checking in with where you're at Mm -hmm. and how that is not in alignment. Cause I think it's so important to start there. Like, where am I at? What's going on? Cause if we aren't really tuned into that, then when we try to get back into alignment or when we take steps, like we can end up stumbling down the wrong path or you know, doing something that doesn't work because we don't really understand where we're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned that the hard way. (laughs) (laughs) As many of us do. (laughs) (laughs) Multiple times. And I think it takes so much like 
Oh, just that like self faith too, like just that trusting your, I don't know, that you're going to be held when you need to be held. Mm-hmm. It's a scary. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like trusting your resilience, maybe. Yeah. Oh, that's a good, yes. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so was there a time in your life that you didn't trust yourself? And what was that like? <laughs> uh, well, this year I um, took on some extra jobs because I didn't trust my ability to um, to kind of fulfill myself in some other areas. And it was really miserable, actually. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like I... Um, it was like a constant monthly reminder that I had to step in and fulfill the commitment um, that I had made instead of like dropping out of it. And it felt like it took up so much more energy than it needed to, because Mm -hmm. it was this, it was this consistent battle of like, if you would have just trusted your gut when your gut said no, you wouldn't have to deal with any of this. And it ended up being, it came at a financial cost and it came at like multiple and an energetic, but the biggest thing was just that it was like an energetic vacuum to where it just Mm -hmm. like, it pulled so much to where now that I've full, I've finished the commitment. I feel like a new person. Mm. I'm just like, Oh, and now I can recognize like, and for me, I think where it stepped out of was just that scarcity of just like not feeling like there was enough Mm -hmm. or that fear of just like, no, I need to do this. Like, this is what I need to do because it was comfortable Mm -hmm. instead of trusting just that little like adventurous call of like, no, just trust me. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, but yeah, it was really, it was a good reminder of that. It was also really painful. Yeah. 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 Sometimes those are good learnings though. Learning processes. I feel like, and the cool news is like during the process, I did actually learn a lot of like business foundations and Mm -hmm. like things that I had never thought about. So I learned a ton of stuff, not just lessons directly from overcommitting or not Mm -hmm. listening to that gut or not trusting that gut, that sense of self or that deeper knowing. Yeah. But so I did get more like, cause I've definitely been in situations where the only thing I received was like, Oh, you should definitely listen to your gut. <laughs> <laughs> really trust yourself, Leslie, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it felt kind of like just draining really was the biggest mm-hmm. thing. And then, um, being able to like get those lessons is really good. But now I'm kind of at a place where I'm like, all right, next time we're not doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So how do you balance the voices of experts with your own inner voice when you're making decisions? Oh, wow. Well, on a very practical level, I typically... I guess, well, I'll answer your question and then build the foundation. So to that question, I typically go into like hiatuses, Mm. especially when it comes to a really big decision. Um, 
I kind of eliminate the noise. Mm. And then if it's a decision that I don't really have that time to kind of draw back and like quiet the noise. And sometimes like that looks like me going off of Instagram for a week or social media or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, usually I'll try to check in and be like, okay, is this operating something that I've just discovered in the last couple of years? Is that just that operation out of like scarcity, fear, and then victimhood, which Mm -hmm. are all kind of fall under the scarcity, um, umbrella, but is asking myself like, is this a decision that I'm making because I'm scared Mm -hmm. or I feel unsafe? Or is this a decision that I'm making because I feel really confident? And so that's like one of the ways that I kind of sort through the noise, depending, or a couple ways. Mm-hmm. And then one of the big things that I just recently started doing in the last like couple months is I don't make any decisions after 4 p.m. Hmm. Um, I'm an early riser. Like I wake up around 3.30 or 4 in the morning. And then, so by time I've gotten to that point in my day in the afternoon, I've I'm beat. And so emotionally I'm exhausted, physically I'm exhausted. And then energetically I just, and so one of the ways so that I'm not making a decision out of like alignment is to be and wait until the next morning. So Mm -hmm. like if someone texts me at like four Oh five and is like, do you want to do dinner next Saturday? I'm like, um, you know what, let me sleep on that. And then I'll let you know in the morning. So it'll be something really easy and simple sounding, but it's just like, and then sometimes it's not, sometimes it's like a really big decision that requires a really good night's rest, you know, but I've found that that's been something that has allowed me to tune in and really kind of hear my voice like clearly. Cause Mm. I think that when I'm tired, I know that my wheels start to turn so much more than like if I'm coming to it with a fresh mind. And I typically, as the day gets longer and closer to an end, I tend to not be like my sunshiny self. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so I've, um, so that's something that I started implementing like three weeks ago and it's been gold. That's amazing. I love that because you're recognizing when you're really not in the best mind to make decisions, right? Like you don't have all your faculties for making a good decision and you're just setting that boundary to say, well, I'm not going to make decisions in that situation. I love that. Well, thank you for acknowledging that. It didn't go over too well with some family, but (laughs) it's all good. (laughs) They're stuck with me, so it'll, it'll be fine. But it, that, is a really, that's a much better way to say it and sweeter, but yeah, it, it's felt better. Mm. It's felt more, um, in control and it feels more, um, like I'm exercising my own agency yeah. by putting that space between. Cause before it used to just be like, oh, fine, I'll make that like, okay, that's, that's yeah. fine. Right. And then I end up regretting it. And then I either have to go back and be like, sorry guys, I know I said yes, but now I'm saying no, or I need to follow through with the commitment. So yeah, that's so interesting. Cause I think as a, a mom as well, yeah. there's definitely times when like, I just am so tired and overwhelmed that I don't even want to make a decision. Right. Yeah. So I'll make like the easy decision because 
I just like I don't have the the cycles to deal with it, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, and sometimes the easiest decision that I found is like not always what my heart really wants. Yeah, exactly. You know, like like for me, I mean, a perfect example is like if the boys are wanting, I mean, they're one and a half and three and a half. So it's not like they're really asking for more than like snacks, but even sometimes that is like, sometimes just to get them to stop talking, I'm like, yeah, you (laughs) sure can have a snack, like just take it. But it's not always like beneficial because then if they have a snack too close to dinner, then dinner is like a complete nightmare because they're not hungry. Yep. And so, um, I love that reflection because it is true. Like, you do get decision fatigue and then you get stuck and you sometimes, yeah, I've answered so many, I've done so many things making a decision after four that I have completely regretted. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't even in like my party days when I was like 20, <laughs> 21. <Right>. Like <laughs> that, was, that was just like in my parenting or just holding myself to like those values that I, the things that I really care about, like not yelling at my boys. Like I, I'm a loud talker, but my natural reaction is to yell when I'm frustrated. Mm -hmm. And so like being able to step back and be like, okay, like, I don't know. It's just given me a lot of freedom and a lot more, like I said, like just agency and like exercising Mm -hmm. my own self-control and it feels really, really good. That's so great. So related to that question is, um, in this age of like science and research and the idea that there's like the right way or an answer to everything. Um, how do you think self-trust fits in there? Ooh, I think that science is proving slowly that we all have this really deep inner knowing and deeper connection to, um, a higher power. And I don't, I'm not saying like God or even the universe, but just like something bigger than us. Like Mastin Kip said it perfectly the other day when I was listening to his podcast, he was like, a higher power isn't necessarily a God in the sky or um, the universe. He goes, it could simply be something bigger than you, the forest, or he goes like the sun, like he was just like something that is bigger. And I thought that was so powerful. And I, So I really do believe that like science is starting to prove all of that like spiritual woo-woo stuff that I'm like obsessed with (laughs) to be true that like we, we do have this like inner knowing. Mm. And I think that like, as we are conditioned from childhood all the way up, and I see it so much with like the moms that I work with, because it's like mothers do know best. And I remember when my son got really sick, when he was just a few weeks old, I kept going to the doctor over and over and being like, something's not right. Something's not right. Something's not right. And every time they sent me home four times, Mm. once from the emergency room. And then by the time I brought him back, they said, if I would have gone to bed that night, he wouldn't have woke up. And that was one of those big, like, that's like one of those really big moments where you're like, oh, holy cow, like if I really didn't listen to my gut and I would have trusted what somebody else said, Mm -hmm. my son would have been gone. Like he wouldn't have been with us today. And so, um, and in smaller ways, there's been times where I've been like driving and I've just had this like knowing like, 
those people look a little shifty. I think <laughs> I'm going to go down mm -hmm. just a little bit further. And then looking in my rear view mirror, they're doing things that are, that would have been really scary to have to work through and experience. And so, um, I think we all have it. I think that we just get conditioned from childhood on up to not listen to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what was the original question? I feel like I kind of, Oh, on. just how, like, like, how do you trust yourself when there's all these like science and research messages that like, this is how you should do X, Y, or Z. Like, you know, you could use like parenting. I when I was a young parent. It was like, do you let your kid cry it out when they're trying to oh sleep gosh, or yeah. do you, right? And like, okay, well, there's these experts in this like science that says you should do X, Y, and Z, but how yeah. do you trust yourself? I honestly, the more I practice this and it sounds really silly, but I think it's just getting really quiet. Mm. And I don't mean like a meditation or like prayer or even journaling, but I think it's like, finding ways that you're able to feel connected to yourself. And so like, for me, I used to like love hiking. Mm. And so that was like a way for me to like, just reconnect with like myself. And so I used hiking when I was in my early twenties, it was like snowboarding. Like I was just like in the winter time, anytime I was like, needing to think about something. It was like, all right, I'm going to go snowboard. But in all of the times that I've heard myself and kind of like, it's always been in moments where like, there's stillness in some way, like something that I'm doing is either promoting like a mental stillness because I'm having to focus so much on it. Or it has been in like a prayer or meditation time, or it has been through journaling. Um, but I think that's for me been one of the most powerful ways that I've been able to kind of sort through mm -hmm. that stuff. Like when it was with my son, I was just observing him and I just would watch him. And I just remember being up at night and just like, and I was really worried, but I remember just the house was quiet and everything was still. And he was just sitting there and I could tell that his breathing wasn't normal, newborn breathing. and but it was like all of their voices were still coming in. But mm -hmm. I just remember like looking at him and being like, no, this isn't right. Like this isn't normal. I, the, he was my second. So I luckily had my first to kind of know what normal is. Compare against, yeah. <laughs> Compare. But um, so I think it's, for me, it's been, in my experience, it's just been like learning to get really quiet and see what, what surfaces and kind of resist asking, um, debating it mm -hmm. and really just questioning and with like an, with like an air of possibility, like maybe it's not what the doctors say, or mm -hmm. maybe this job doesn't have like other things. Like when I left my job to be a yoga instructor and I like quit it and moved to like Arizona, it was like, one of those things where it was just like, I sat with it long enough without really like doubting it. And I just was like, well, what could go wrong <laughs> I have to come back and find like another terrible job that I work at. And it ended up working out really well. So, um, I definitely think that getting quiet in some way 
or getting still where you can kind of have that reflection time is super, has been super beneficial for me. Mm -hmm. I like what you said there about um, kind of the nuance between questioning and I forget what the word that you used. Debating. Debating. Yes. Because I think sometimes we can like squish those together in our minds, right? But there's this different energy to the questioning you were talking about, which is really like open and reflective and open to the possibilities. And I think that's that's really cool. I think we need more of that interpersonally as well (laughs) instead of the debating. I know. We argue with ourselves so quickly. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes like the little devil and angel on either shoulder, <laughs> right. you know, like fighting for what it is. And sometimes I kind of wonder if like self-trust is just trusting that no matter what decision you're making, it's the right one, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes self-trust is self is trusting in our own resilience Yes, because so cool. no matter which way you go, you'll be able to get through it right like if it's the wrong decision wrong decision Mm -hmm. then you will pick yourself up and you'll learn and you'll keep going and you'll take a make a different choice yeah I love that trusting in your own resilience that's actually one of my core values is resiliency so yeah (laughs) it's awesome I think that's a beautiful way to look at it because I think that we don't trust in our own ability to to even heal you know, and yeah. to, I've seen that a lot with people is that we, we tend to go outward to heal when really sometimes it's the fear of being like consumed with the grief or the confusion that will just be stuck in like confusion land forever mm-hmm. instead of trusting in our resiliency to be like, no, like we can be in confusion and it won't consume us forever. Yeah. It might be like that for a week. Mm-hmm. you know, or a period of time, but then we always pull through. Yep. So yeah. I mean, that's beautiful, Kim. Awesome. So when I think about radical self-trust, which is what I <clears throat> titled this series, um, I think about going against the grain. So was there a time when you went against the grain with positive results and how did you handle the naysayers? Oh, well, hmm. <laughs> I'm like, what story? I think that I, um, I can say that I think with almost every time I've gone against the grain, which it's kind of my personality is to kind of do things to the extreme. It's that Enneagram (laughs) four in me to be different. Um, I get kind of a thrill out of it. Hmm. So um, in some ways, but then there's also like, I do still want to please people and make people happy. But I think one of the big ones was when I quit my like job and just moved to Arizona from Missouri to pursue yoga teaching. And everyone was like, you can't be a yoga full-time yoga teacher. And now I'm like nine years in and I've been teaching full-time and making a living out of it. So, um, so that was one. And a lot of people were just kind of like, Oh, it's another like weird thing that Leslie's doing. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) They're used to it. Um, Yeah. But I think like one thing that people, like I felt very called to like doing home birth with my boys and a lot of people were not um, on board with that. 
-hmm. And it's becoming more and more popular, I think, with people just, and women really just coming into their own sense of like control and self and empowerment and recognizing Mm -hmm. that like, maybe there is a potential that their body is capable of making it through labor and delivery um, unmedicated and unassisted. And so, um, but I had a lot of people that would um, say things like, oh, well, you probably just signed your baby's death certificate, like things like that, really intense things. And um, I just remember being like, well, that's your opinion. And then I would just walk away. And so a lot of times, like, it kind of depends if it's said to my face, usually like, I'll just be like, oh, well, everyone has their own opinion and that's obviously yours. <laughs> you know, like, um, or if it's something that's like an assumption to where I'm not like positive mm. people are feeling it, but I'm just kind of thinking or like, it's more of a, um, like an energetic feeling. And I can't really like pinpoint what somebody's saying typically I will just like I saw it the other day and I thought it was perfect but I did something else but it was they just would be like oh return to sender uh and I was like that's brilliant and I didn't um I forgot where I saw it It was somewhere on Instagram but before I would just say you know I'm not going to carry this anymore this Mm -hmm. isn't something that's coming into my backpack today Mm -hmm. um and depends on who it's coming from. Sometimes it's yeah. like, well, thank you for your concern, but I've got this, you know? And so I, <clears throat> for me, I think it really is checking where your intention is. Like what I found, cause sometimes there's people in my life still that I just want to like get, you know, and just like stick it to them a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, in the way that I am like choosing to go against like mainstream or whatever. And so I've really had to like check my own heart and be like, what do I feel is the proper response? And then trusting that my response is the correct one Mm. and not walking away afterwards, second guessing myself. Yeah. And then like you said earlier, which is perfect is trusting my resilience that if all of the stuff hits the fan, and the way I responded could have been better, which typically it usually could be better since communication can always evolve. Um, I've learned to trust in my resilience that I can, I can accept the feedback and then I can work from there to create more peace and harmony. Because um, ultimately that's what I want yeah. between all. And so when people are hating me, it's like sometimes it's like just recognizing like I'm not going to own that. Mm-hmm. that's clearly your stuff. But then there's other times when I'm doing something that could affect my children or does affect um, people that I live with. And so it, for me, it's just really checking in with my heart and being like, what do I feel is right? And then trusting that whatever that is mm-hmm. comes out in a way that communicates my heart's intention and what I, the ultimate result. Yeah. And I think sometimes we can receive pieces of it, kind of like what you said around, um, thank you for your concern. Like you can receive the piece, which is that they're concerned about you and your family, Mm -hmm. but not take the 
I think your decision is wrong <laughs> piece of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love you're such you have such a gift at like interpreting things and making them sound so much prettier than <laughs> I say them. I need to be able to speak and then be like, and this is what I really meant to say and how I meant to say it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it is. It's just you do have such a beautiful way of interpreting people's intentions. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Um, what practices and structures do you have in place in trusting yourself? You talked a little bit about this, but anything else yeah. come to mind? Um, journaling, mm -hmm. quiet time, um, physical movement is really big for me. Um, that's kind of it. I mean, I have friends and support people that are also there that can kind of be like, no like you should be concerned or no Leslie like that sounds like that sounds like something that you really need to go for which I'm really grateful for that so I think just having like a support system and just constantly working that muscle mm, yeah because I just feel like it goes in deep and deep like deeper and deeper like I feel like years ago self-trust for me was like simply being able to um, look people in the eyes and trusting that they were safe and that it was safe for me to do that. And now it's like, it's gone on. And then part of it was like, you know, and it just evolves. And so I don't really think there's like a final destination to our self-trust bucket. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I think it's just like an ongoing journey, right? And you get... Yeah. Like you said, you get deeper and deeper and it shifts and changes. Yeah. And it's, and I think the beautiful thing with anything regarding yourself, whether it's trusting yourself or healing yourself, yourself is like, you just have this, it's like an endless well, because we are infinite, you know, and we're just, we're just energy, we're just like kind of balls of energy. And so energy doesn't ever go away. It just changes form. And so I think we have this like, awesome opportunity to just I don't know explore it and see where it takes us yeah yeah it, it's exciting I like I love yeah I love talking <laughs> about stuff like this I'm like because there's like no I don't know my woo-woo side can get real woo-woo <laughs> <laughs> so fun it is fun yeah well thank you so much Leslie for talking with me yeah, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Thank you for joining me in the Garden of Belonging. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you don't miss any others. And if you leave a review, it really helps it reach and support more people. If you'd like to explore these topics more deeply, join me in the Garden of Belonging community. There's a link in the show notes for more information about that. Until next time, take care of you. Music in this episode by Dan O. Songs.